Hey everyone, uh, you may have noticed that this episode's a little bit shorter than usual. Uh, there's a very good reason for that. Yes, we have a second episode up today. Uh, it is in the International Podcast Month feed. Uh, you can find their Twitter over at Pod Month, and you can find their website at internationalpodcastmonth.com. Uh, you can also probably find it just by typing International Podcast Month into your podcatcher of choice. Um, we have a episode up on the D&D ARG No Stone Unturned. Yes, go uh, grab your wizard's hat and magic robes and join us to talk about that one. Um, we will have a link on our Twitter that will be take you right to it by the time this goes up. Unfortunately, we can't put a link in the show notes because the link won't exist until this is live. Yeah. All go, right, back uh, to the show. <laughs> go check out D&D. <laughs> go check out D&D. I uh, hope you like this one too. Uh, bye. Hi everyone, I'm Andrew. I'm Marn. This is the Argonauts Podcast. Every two weeks, I'm going to go in and fail to solve an ARG, and Marn's going to tell me what I should have done instead. That's true. This week, we are covering the Oxenfree ARG. Ollie Ollie Oxenfree! Have you played Oxenfree? Uh, no. I have it on, like, three different wishlists. It's on my it's on my Steam wishlist, it's on my Switch wishlist, it's, uh... It's just in my stack of games that I promise I'll get around to one of these days, but never have. Ooh, I know the devs have another game coming out pretty soon. Um, cool. You play as uh, two deceased best friends partying in hell with demons. That sounds super cool. Yeah. Is that after party? <laughs> yeah. That looks really cool. I really like this aesthetic. After party, party your way out of hell. Well, before they got to all this, they did the Oxenfree ARG, starting with the the game. Have you ever played it? Yes, I have. I actually bought it the day it came out because I was so excited for it, and I played <laughs> all of it in one night, and I've been meaning to replay it since because they, um, they put in a New Game Plus mode, uh, which is actually what this ARG was to promote. Okay. Uh, but so Oxenfree is like a, a supernatural horror thriller game uh, where you're a group of teenage friends hanging out on an island uh, and they accidentally open a ghost portal on the island. As you do. As you do. Uh, it's got a really good soundtrack. The art is very cool and I highly recommend it. I watched a, uh, a streamer play it a while ago. Um and I really liked the, it has a really cool dialogue system where, um, you know, like a lot of uh, games have a dialogue system where you can branch and choose different things that your character says. But when you choose them is when your character says it. So you can like interrupt people as they're talking and they'll comment like, wow, rude. Um, and things like that. It's a it's a really cool system that really gets you into it. Um, I really liked watching someone play it. I need to go back and play it for myself. Yeah. Um, I think enough time has passed that I don't remember anything that I'd be cool to go back and do it now. And I feel like you would like it because it's not that scary. Like, it's a horror game, but the horror is more atmospheric. There's no, like, jump scares or anything. It's not that kind of game. I could get into that. That sounds really cool for me. Yeah. 
All right. Well, before we get into talking about the game uh, inspired by Oxenfree, uh, we got a lot of cool questions that came in through Twitter. So do you want to go through some of those? Let's do it. Awesome. Uh, one of our uh, listeners, Bumblebee, tweeted at us. Uh, here's a question. For ARGs that rely on offline adventuring, which me- uh, which mechanics do you think are the most interesting? Like radios, geocaching, GPS, etc. What are you into if you're going into the real world? Uh, I've been fascinated with geocaching recently. I downloaded a geocaching app, um, but I haven't actually been to look for any of the caches in my area. Um, but I think that it is super fascinating and... I like to, whenever I'm, like, in a place I've never been before, like, pull up the geocache app and be like, oh, there, there's a bunch of tiny caches and people, like, left clues as to where they are. Because when you hide a cache, you can, like, uh, on the app, you can put, like, a little clue and a lot of people do, like, riddles or they'll do, like, puzzles to find where it is. You could do an ARG through that. Just you could. entirely. I know. I think, I think huh. some people do, like linked scavenger hunts where they they'll number their caches and be like here's number one here's number two and so on and That's so really forth cool. or just have like number one and then in the cache itself is a another riddle that leads to number two i'm i got ideas now <laughs> this is really cool i know the um the nature reserve near my house has a bunch of geocaches that like the people who work there hid on the grounds of the nature reserve and you can like go on the trails and find them. It's so cool. I'm trying to think of a riddle that you could do with that. Go to the place full of leaping wolves. <laughs> I can't think of anything that rhymes with the wolves. That's the problem. Anyways, I'm a big proponent of the fact that uh, uh, dead drops never work in ARGs. <laughs> uh, that being said, I love them so much. Um, the idea of planting something in the real world and having people go to it and um, an ARG getting out of um, out of a computer and into the real world is so cool to me. Um, I love... Um, I think we played in a game where someone had to go to a restaurant and say, hey, I think a friend of mine left their lighter here. Uh, and they said, oh, yeah, and hand, handed us a lighter that had a, a, a clue on it. Um, I love those kinds of dead drops when they go right. Uh, when they go wrong, they're very funny to talk about on the program. But I love I love getting the game out of the computer and into the real world. Um, that being said, it's hard because you have to account for, you know, geographic location and stuff like that. And it's very hard. You know, like we said that if we ever run an ARG, it'll be the Baltimore Detroit ARG because those are the only two places we have access to. Um, also, also but, stuff like interacting with NPCs in real life is just super cool. That's something that I I love in theory, but I don't know that I could do it in, <laughs> in reality. If I was if I was in the middle of an ARG and I looked across the way and there's Terry Nanny sitting in a like sitting at a cafe and i'm just like oh i'm out of here someone else has to do this because i cannot go up to that and (laughs) i can't do this i'm gonna mess everything up um i also like uh i think it's kind of related to this um but i love we've talked about this in the past but i love sending things in the mail and people getting things in the mail and getting clues and getting a real um just a real tangible physical thing you can hold uh that's really cool to me 
I was gonna say that too. We also played in an ARG where like the GM ordered a pizza to someone's house and like the pizza came with clues. Yes. I I remember him talking about it later and he was like, Yeah, I tried to get them to spell out like twenty one forty eight with pepperoni, but they wouldn't do it. <laughs> uh dead drops are good actually. Dead drops are good. They just never work. Everyone ignore everything we've said on this podcast. (laughs) Make make an ARG that's entirely dead drops. If you're planning an ARG, put dead drops into it. Let me interact in the real world. I'm very into it. Um, I guess with that being said, I love the idea of convention stuff happening. Um, I've never personally been able to do anything in a convention sense, but I think that that's a, a perfect natural way for that to interact and to work with the games. And so... I, I think that having those big um, public events is a great way to do them. I just haven't been able to do it myself. Yeah, one of my friends uh, who works as a volunteer at PAX uh, was telling me that PAX West does an ARG every year where like you can drop in and out of it. And I need to read more about it because it sounds super cool. Really? I've always wanted to go to PAX West. I love Seattle as a city, and so I want to go back out. And if I know that there's a... I don't know. If there's an ARG happening in there, I can dip into the Patreon and go. We'll talk (laughs) about this off the mic. Uh, (laughs) Next question. Um, Colton sent us a question and said, I'll be honest, I don't know anything about Oxenfree, but on the topic of Oxen, what are your opinions on the Oregon Trail game? Oh my gosh, the the like remastered uh version of the Oregon Trail game with like really good uh graphics was one of my favorite computer games in like elementary school because <laughs> during our like computer times um when we were learning about the Oregon Trail in like third grade, they would just like take us to the computer lab and we'd just sit there and play Oregon Trail for like half an hour. Yep. I think and... that was my first experience with, like, um, beyond just playing a game, but, like, figuring out optimized builds. Uh-huh. Because uh, that was the first time where I was like, great, there's no reason to not start as a doctor. They just get the most money, and money's the most important resource you can use. And then all the people around me were like, yeah, and we're going to only buy guns and ammo. And I was like, we don't need any of that. Uh, <laughs> if we buy enough food, we'll be good to go. And I feel like that was the first time that I was ever like, oh, games have systems. I get this now. It wasn't just like Mario jumps and the Goomba gets stomped. <laughs> um, games are good. I like it a lot. Uh, Oregon Trail is so good. I don't know why people made any other video games. <laughs> I I also like Oregon Trail. I have that on um, on Steam and I play it sometimes. Is that like it's... a zombie themed Oregon Trail? Is that right? Yeah. Oregon Trail? Yeah. There's also, someone made, like, oh my god, I just remembered this from, like, ten years ago. Someone made, like, a Fallout Boy Oregon Trail, and I think it was on the official, like, Fallout Boy website for a while. Hey, me and Ma are loading up the kids in the wagon, and we're going cross-country to visit a Fallout Boy concert? Like, what's what's the pitch there? It's, like, you play as Fallout Boy on... Uh, on a tour bus, I think. Okay. Um, I I I googled it. 
Uh, someone asked on the Fallout Boy subreddit, what happened to the Fallout Boy trail game two years ago? And someone said, here it is. It works for me. Um, and oh they have a God. link to it. The link doesn't actually link work to... for me. But no. if we can find it, if we can find it, we'll, we'll link it. What is it? Fallout Boy trail? Yeah. Oh, I got a link that's just a black screen. Yeah, that's what I got. Jason Oda, help me. Uh, okay. Well, in that case, uh, let's move on. Different uh, video game question. Uh, what's better, a Detroit Become Human style type of interactive story or like a stylized game like Life is Strange or Oxenfree? Oh, sorry. I got Fallout Boy Trail to work. I had to allow yes. Fla- I had to allow Flash Player on this screen. All right. We will include a link to, uh, or to Fallout Boy Trail. Uh, and we will get um, we'll get Joe to come on and to promote Sugar, we're going down podcasting. <laughs> Do that for extra life. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, we should. Uh, anyways, uh, next question from Quinn. Uh, what's better, a Detroit become human type of interactive story, or like a stylized game like Life is Strange or Oxenfree? Um. I I kind of tend to prefer stylized games just because that's the kind of game that I personally like. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of in the same boat. I would I prefer to play something that is um authored, I guess is the word that I would use. There's there's a weird bit that's happening in game design lately where you get people that are like the narrative designers of games that say and this is mostly about AAA games that don't want to like they're trying to avoid being political, and so they try to, like, bend over backwards to say that their games are meaningless and mean nothing, so you shouldn't not buy them if you don't agree with politics, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, but there's this weird thing lately where it's like, oh, we want the players to make their own stories and then to come to their own conclusions. And it's, at some point, that's a, a valid idea, but I personally prefer something that is um, authored and has a hand guiding because then you lead to something with the meaning to it rather than just oh I, I i like emergent gameplay but i don't want that to be the entirety of my experience i can if i was just going to do emergent gameplay i would just do that in my real life where things have meaning yeah like i've talked before about how much i like kentucky route zero and mm-hmm. i i like games that are like that <laughs> yeah i i if you want to make a game give me something that you want to tell and that you want to do don't make me find the fun because i'll just find the fun by putting it down and finding something else that tells me where <laughs> the fun is um and then most importantly uh riley hopkins writes in and says uh what was your favorite radio station growing up also if you had your own radio station what would it play I will say this is relevant because Oxenfree has a lot to do with radios. Yes, radios are important in the story and in, like, the gameplay. So this is entirely off the wall. And in the ARG. Okay, cool. Uh, I actually had my own radio radio show in college. That's true, I forgot Um, about that. Yeah, our, our school had a radio station that broadcasted over the internet, so we could play pretty much anything we wanted because we weren't like beholden to copyright law like a normal radio station (laughs) um because uh the only way to really get to the shows was you had to like go on the school radio station website and like a little in browser player would open up 
so the first year I did it, I had a show that I played only mashups and covers. Um, oh, yeah. And the other year I did it, I did, like, an actual scripted radio show where we did live like script readings that I would write the day before while doing all of my other work. Um, and it was about like a, a haunted radio station. And I had friends like actually stand outside the, uh, the station and like bang on the windows and stuff and do the Foley work for all of the ghosts and shit. It was so much fun. It's incredible. And people would actually listen live. It was awesome. And we'd play songs in between the segments, so it wasn't just, like, us talking the right. entire time. <laughs> That's really cool. That's super cool. It was fun. Um, I think I had the, the typical experience of radio in the Midwest, which is that um, I had a radio station that I really liked as a kid. Um, and growing up in high school, there was a station. I, I, I It's been gone for a while. Um but it was in Cincinnati. It was ninety four nine. The sound, I think it was. Um, I did a Google search. It was like, does anyone remember this old radio station? To see if I could find it. I think it was the sound. But it played um, like not alternative rock, but kind of more indie rock than you'd find on something like I don't know if WEBN. I don't know how widespread that is. Um, but like where they would play like kind of heavier rock and more traditional rock. It was a more indie, a little more alternative, um, playing bands like Spoon, um, Interpol, um, grab my phone right now and scroll through and basically everything <laughs> that I still listen to, um, the fields I found through them, um, things like that. Um, unfortunately, it went the way of every radio station that I've heard of in the past 10 years in the Midwest, which is that it got bought by a major company that is turning it into a Christian rock station. So Oof. do what you will with that. Um, but uh, for a while, it was a really cool radio station that really shaped the music taste that I have today, uh, which is Sad Boy Rock. <laughs> yeah, we have a couple indie stations. We have one that's actually based out of where my college was that belongs to one of the larger colleges in the area. Okay. And they're like a legit radio station and they play like local bands and indie stuff. Um we we, we had one um my dad was a huge fan of it. I actually um a couple years ago for Christmas just like got him a membership to the radio station as a Christmas Aww. gift because he liked it so much. And then two months later, they were like, hey, we're selling to become a Christian rock station. No. So it's just, it's every, it's everything. Um, I actually was driving not too long ago and every, I, I was listening to the radio for the first time in a while because my phone died. I was like, oh no, I can't listen to podcasts, um, which is pretty much 90% of my audio intake these days anyways. But um driving through michigan i was like okay christian rock christian rock country christian rock country country gospel christian rock all right i guess i'll go with the 80s station um <laughs> it's bleak out there for radio stations y'all see that's funny to me because i listen to the radio like all the time when i drive like 75 yeah. percent of the time <laughs> i just my problem is it's i drive in the morning and i just think that like morning radio is unlistenable oh yeah that's fair um and then no i'm i'm you know, with you <laughs> yeah i i just i don't know i'd rather just listen to a podcast or 
play music from my phone rather than trying to listen to, I don't know, if I can control the music, why not? Yeah, I like a lot of our local radio stations. There's like a couple from DC that you can't pick up everywhere in the state, but they're kind of nice. Oh, that's and cool. Also, also like NPR, obviously. That's fair. Listen to your local radio station <laughs> is the moral of this yeah, podcast. If you have a good one, cherish it and listen to it. Um, I don't <laughs> and I miss it. Um, on that depressing note, do we want to get into Oxenfree, a game about growing up as teenagers and growing away from the past? Yeah. Hell yeah. Let's do it. So, Oxenfree, the video game, was released in 2016, um, and this ARG also took place in 2016. Wait, was Oxenfree released on the same day that this ARG was discovered? I feel like that can't be possibly be true. No, apparently it was. Interesting. Huh. They um, just found it day one? Yeah, but there wasn't a lot of... I think what happened was there wasn't a lot of actual ARG content day one. Um okay oh yeah this air it says this ARG uh was released the day after the game came out so wow um because i i think it sh- it shipped with uh the trailhead it already in the game and then a lot of the subsequent stuff was out of game so it was like stuff that they had to wait for <laughs> okay okay cool um so in the game, uh, you have a portable radio that's like a mechanic, uh, and you turn it to different stations to like unlock doors and complete portals, and you can hear hints, uh, and you can also get these collectibles that are called anomalies, uh, which is where you stand in a very specific location and you tune your radio to a specific frequency, and then you get a uh, audio clip of something yeah i remember that from when i was watching someone stream the game i thought that was the coolest part of the game was just when they stumbled onto something on the radio more than just playing the game itself yeah um and so a lot of times in the anomalies uh you will be able to hear uh people giving call signs because a plot point in the game is that like the ghosts in the radio we're on like a, a a navy submarine um yeah we're probably so gonna can... uh, spoiler alert <laughs> we're gonna spoil uh toe to tip the entirety of oxen free probably over the course of this podcast yeah. so get out while you can yeah if you haven't played oxen free yet and you want to pause this podcast go play oxen free it's like a four hour game come back here when you're done <laughs> that'll be six hours of your life you're good to go yeah um so so yeah so um and someone arranged the call signs in alphabetical order um after they had gotten all of the anomalies i don't know what possessed them to do this i guess maybe people were like just making a list of them yeah that that Um, doesn't surprise me too bad because i feel like someone was like i'll make the game fact for this game it was like here's the anomalies and it's like alphabetical order and then you go from there and then they were like, yeah. oh, this spells something. <laughs> yeah, so the call signs are a name and a number. And uh, they realized that 
if you lined the call signs up in alphabetical order and you go down the list of numbers, uh, you get a legitimate phone number with a real area code. Um, And it's... uh, And the phone number actually spells in T9, 91 Oxenfree. Okay. Um, And when you called it, it would play... Uh, one of the main themes from Oxenfree, which is a song called Beacon Beach. Uh, and the song Beacon Beach actually has Morse code in the beat of the song. Damn, okay. So that's the part that's more surprising to me, that someone found the... Like, someone lined them up and was like, huh, there's nine of these things. That could be... Or there's ten. That could be a phone number. Someone was like, well, I'm going to call it and see what happens. And then here we are. Yeah. I mean, if you listen to the song, you can hear how theoretically it might have Morse code in it. Yeah, this is cool. I really like the music in Oxenfree. It's very nice. Yeah, this is really cool. Okay, cool. Um, Sorry about that. So the people who called the number uh, on January 28th, they got a text message uh, with Morse code uh, that translated to Good work, DLBB, listen close. And they figured out that DLBB was short for Download Beacon Beach. Okay. Um, and and because the soundtrack had gone up on Bandcamp, uh, they were like, oh, we should download it from Bandcamp. Okay. And they did, and they found that there was new Morse code in the version that was on Bandcamp. Huh. Okay, cool. Uh, and the Morse code was search Twitter for num. So they searched Twitter for the phone number that they had gotten, and they found a Twitter uh, that was X-Ray 916-936-3733, which is the Oxenfree phone number. Okay. Uh, the Twitter still exists, but a lot of the tweets have been deleted, so it's a little bit hard to backlog. But a friend of the show, Ren, got in touch with me because apparently there is... So, friend of the show, Ren, got in touch with me, said, Hey, I played this game. Uh, Here's the contact information of someone else who played it if you have questions. I reached out to her and said, Hey, do you have an archive of these tweets? And I got a spreadsheet with all of the tweets on it. Oh, damn. So, shout out to a friend of... uh, Who's the... So, shout out to Ren and shout out to Amanda, who linked me to uh, new information. Shout out to Amanda, friend of the friend of the show. Yeah. And also shout out to the Oxenfree Wiki, uh, who compiled all of this. I don't know who was the wiki editor, but they did a good job. <laughs> cool. Um, so, they found this Twitter. Uh, the Twitter originally uh, was... It transcribed uh, calls that people made to the phone number and, like, messages they left, uh, including the date and time of the call, the city and state from which the call was made, and then it transcribed what people said after the beep. Okay. Um, And if people didn't leave a message, it would just say, like, transcript not available. Uh, And then it started kind of sporadically deleting tweets and people were like oh no what if we missed information so i think that was when they started logging the tweets okay i'm just reading some of these uh voicemail transcripts (laughs) i like the one that says 
Hello? Is anyone there? Are you there? It's hello? I played the video game. Is this... I'm gonna hang up now. Okay, bye. <laughs> that's that's a rough transcript of me anytime I've had to make a phone call for an ARG. <laughs> yeah, like a lot of the a lot of the transcripts are just like, hello? Hello? Who is this? There's there's a lot of... Anytime an ARG has a, uh, like a phone number component, I'm always like, oh, hell yeah. This thing's really popping off. We got a phone number. And then I dial the number and I look at the phone in my hand and I'm like, oh, no. Hold on. <laughs> I, I also like the one that's, holy shit, oh my god, I just heard music. Yeah, it's the beeping of the music. <laughs> Um, so they found the Twitter, uh, on February 11th, uh, the composer of the soundtrack tweeted, again, reminding gently, Beacon Beach from the Oxenfree soundtrack is a free download, uh, with a link to the band camp. They were like, oh, maybe we missed something. <laughs> and then they downloaded Beacon Beach again, and it had new Morse code in it. Okay. New, new Morse uh, and code. It- Yes, new, new Morse cool. code. And this one actually had two different Morse code messages. One was in the left channel and one was in the right channel. That's super cool. Yeah. That's um, very cool. And the uh, so the one in the left channel were deletes not needed, please stand by SOS. And the right, uh, one, the right channel was SOS Canaloa, SOS Canaloa, just repeated. Uh, Canaloa is the name of the submarine in Oxenfree. Okay. Cool. Uh, and they figured out that deletes not needed probably meant that they shouldn't worry about the deleted tweets from the Twitter account. Okay. And so from there, uh, a lot of the ARG was just them watching the Twitter account. Uh, occasionally it would tweet something in Morse or in binary or in an anagram or in octal. What's um, octal? Octal is base 10, I believe. I want to say that's true. Okay, cool. Um, so some of the anagrams decoded to stuff like Alex, can you, can you hear me? Batteries fading, fading fleet. Thank you. Please stand by. Um, and a lot of it was revealed to be was later revealed to be, like, dialogue from the New Game Plus version of the game that came out. Okay, cool. Um, some some of it was, like, I need a connection to emergency services. Thank you. Please stand by. Um, they also got rules uh, from the code, oh, which rules. they assumed, I know, which were, like, rules for playing the ARG. So they got share your work, progress comes from cooperation, uh, all communications via the phone number or x-ray, which is the Twitter, no other phones, ignore okay. deletes, ignore time date, you will know when it is time to go. You will know when it's time to go? Yeah. Huh, okay. Um, and they also figured out that the Twitter would tweet things from very specific locations at the same times every day. Huh. Um, so at 9pm, it would always tweet from Beacon Beach, which is the fictional place where Oxenfree takes place. Um, 
and it would just tweet something random like stone, elk, snowy mountain, friends, deep water. Uh, at 4 a.m., it would always tweet from Beacon Beach, uh, and it was the name of a battery in Washington State. Okay. Uh, and batteries, batteries are like, you know what a battery is, right? <laughs> I certainly do, but for the sake of our listeners, what do you? What is a? What's a battery, Mark? <laughs> uh, it's. It was just the name of a an, an abandoned gun battery from World War Two. Oh, okay, yeah, okay, gotcha. Yeah, apparently Washington has a lot of them, <laughs> uh, so it would always tweet the name of a battery at um, four a.m. from Beacon Beach, and then it would always tweet something from Camina, Oregon, uh, at seven a.m. And they were usually morse code tweets were they all do we know if they were all from like was some from iphone some from android or was it just every day same time same location tweets come out from this specific area yeah it was every time same time same location um tweets come out from the specific area um they eventually realized that the 7 a.m tweets from kamina were in were kind of like quote unquote in game interactions from both the radio ghosts and from Alex the protagonist. Okay. Uh, and the ghosts were saying, "Come to the island and find us." And Alex was saying, "No, no, no, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't come to this island. We want to leave too." Okay, cool. <laughs> um, and you we can link this in the show notes but there's a big spreadsheet where you can find them grouped by like they have it so they have a spreadsheet that's all the tweets and then they have it kind of grouped by here's all of the tweets that are in binary here's all the tweets that are in octal here's all the 9 p.m tweets here's all the 4 a.m tweets it's very well organized cool um, well so done, players. We'll link Thank it in you. The show notes. Yeah, we'll definitely link that. <laughs> yeah, uh, the voicemail of the phone number also changed a lot. Uh, they found, um, and so originally it was Beacon Beach. Uh, on March twenty fifth, it changed three times. Uh, it changed to a number station, uh, and then it changed to another track from the Oxenfree soundtrack. And then it changed to an excerpt from uh, President Roosevelt's Pearl Harbor address. Okay. Huh. Um, And then March 27th, it changed to a message from Alex, uh, the protagonist of Oxenfree, asking for a connection to emergency services. Okay. Um, And it gets cut off. And there are also, these are all archived on SoundCloud. So we can probably either play some of them in the episode or just link it in the show notes. Okay, cool. Hello. Please state your name after the tone, and Google Voice will try to reach. Hopefully, listening to this, but maybe includes another version of me. I need a connection to emergency services. 
and a lot of the ones past uh, March 27th were Alex talking and saying different things, um, which was all dialogue from the New Game Plus version of the game. Um, so they okay. were kind of teasing it. And a lot of it was like, so Oxenfree does a thing with time loops. So some of it is like her talking to herself, trying to warn herself not to come to the island. Right. Yeah. Um, okay. So, so far we're just getting a lot of voicemails, right? Yes. Okay. So a lot of, a lot of voicemail messages, a lot of tweets. Okay. Um, and the voicemail messages were changing up until May 7th, which was the last one, uh, which is Alex talking to herself and saying, don't come to the island, whatever you do, stay home. Okay. Uh, and then on May 7th, a YouTuber who may be a Let's Player, yeah, I think he's a Let's Player, um, made a YouTube video saying, hey, Night School Studios sent me this weird email with a Google Doc that has the PlayStation 4 trailer for Oxenfree in it. Huh. Um, and at the end of the trailer, a bunch of like weird letters are highlighted on the release date. Uh, and if you de-anagram them, uh, you get edwardsisland.com, which no longer exists, but <laughs> Edwards Island is the name of the island in Oxenfree. Okay, so just um, like a word jumble to unscramble? Yeah. Um, I really like word unscrambles as a puzzle that you can use in games like this because it is a pretty simple... Um, it starts off pretty simply. It's just letters laid out that you can rearrange, but there's a logic to it and there is like knowledge that goes into it of where from this one, you know, you're putting stuff together. You realize Island. Okay. We take out Island and we're good to go. Um, this one being two words long is kind of simple enough, but one of my favorite things that um, for magic, the gathering, um, the head designer gets to, you know, spoil a card every time it's spoiler season for a new set. And one of the things uh -huh. that he'll do is say like, Hey guys, I've got a new, um, I've got a new card uh, to premiere for you guys. Uh, here's the text on it. And then he just lists out A, 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 you know, B, 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 C, 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 like. Oh, my God. And yeah. And it's just like, great. Uh, as soon as you guys figure out what this card does, I'll post like a picture of the card. That's so and funny. And it's entirely like, um, it's, it's funny looking at people going through and trying to figure it out because they'll be like, okay, well. Uh, it's definitely not going to be an enchantment or an artifact because we don't have like th the those letters are out, which means it has to be an instant or sorcery or a creature. Um, and then it's like, okay, if it's a creature, that means it's, you know, we can take out the letters for creature and then it's going to have a creature type and we can go from there. Um, I love that kind of collective puzzle solving. Uh, it's in my head because this just happened on Twitter like a couple weeks ago. So it's still fresh in my mind, but I really like that as a type of solution, especially when you've got this outside knowledge to go from. I like that idea yeah. of just taking the letters and unscrambling them and realizing, Oh, there's three W's in this. That's probably going to be a URL. I like that a lot. That's so cool. Yeah. I love anagrams. Um, so they go to the website. It has a audio clip embedded in the page that has like radio frequencies um, Morse code and the theme from the game that plays uh, during time loops mm -hmm. 
And the Morse code in the audio clip says, Don't listen to Alex. Tell X-Ray it is time to go. Okay. You will know when it's time to go. Yeah. Uh, and the page also had a image of a note written by Alex. Uh, and when you hover over it, the alt text uh, has code that translates to leave possible. Okay. Who... Who or what is X-Ray? X-Ray is the Twitter account. Oh, okay. Cool. Yes. Um, and so leave possible is a reference to like arc words in the game Oxenfree, which is the ghosts ask is leave possible at a bunch of different points. Okay. Um, and so as this is going on, people noticed that a lot of X-Ray's encrypted tweets uh, had been missing letters in the decryptions. Uh, so they noticed that the the letters that had been missing uh, rearranged to actually form a phrase. Whoa, what? Yeah. So there's there's like, there's one that's, Whatever you do, just don't come here. Stay home, stay safe. And W, R, M, R, and S are missing. Oh, that's so cool. And there's one that's like, thank you, please stand by, but the D is missing. So they listed out all of the letters that had been missing, and they were like, oh, this is an anagram. That's so cool. It's like the opposite of the super obvious, like, yeah, we, we um, capitalized all the important letters and then left the rest. Yeah. It's like the opposite of that, so that you just, it's hidden. That's so cool. It's so cool. I love this tiny ARG. They did a bunch of really cool stuff in such a tiny ARG. That's very cool. I like that a lot. Um, so they de-anagrammed it. They got the phrase, Milner is Ward, uh, and they tweeted it out to x-ray who retweeted it and confirmed that it was the correct solution and they figured out that uh fort milner which is a location in oxenfree was uh basically the fictional equivalent of fort ward which is a real place that exists in washington state um and they took the tweets about the washington ferries that were still left and the batteries that were still left and they were like oh all of these ferries go to where fort ward is on the island where it is and all of these batteries are connected to fort ward okay so Um, what we have to go there at 7 a.m and 4 a.m (laughs) so the twitter made a tweet that said it is almost time to go select a date and gather your party the snowy mountain and the river flowing from canyon will take you to thornburg vinton mitchell but fort ward is only the general area and there's nothing to find yet the exact location will only be revealed on the date of travel and only to the traveling party but there will also be something for everyone who took part whether you go or not okay that's so um, cool. So, it's it's so cool. So, uh, the there was a team of people who were local. They decided to go. Uh, they decided June eleventh uh, was going to be their date. So they tweeted it out. Uh, the X Ray account confirmed, and they set out on June eleventh, and they went to the island. Huh. 
uh, and they got... So if you look on the Twitter, all of the stuff from June 11th is actually still there. None of it got deleted. Okay. Uh, so they got clues through the Twitter and through the Edwards Island website. Uh, and you can see on the Twitter, like, they would tweet a photo of, like, a landmark and be like, go here. And the people would be like, okay, we gotta look for this landmark on the island. Um, and they got to Battery Thornburg... Okay. And they found a World War II first aid kit uh, hidden there mm. that had a music box that played strips of music that were from the Oxenfree soundtrack. That's cool. Um, you can find, there's a bunch of videos, like the people who were there took videos of them opening up the box and like playing the music box. And it, it, there's a ton of documentation, which is awesome. I'll definitely put those uh, in they, the show notes. They also found a bunch of in-game letters uh, from Alex, and some are to herself, some are just, like, to anyone reading, some are to various specific other people, some are in code, some are in anagrams. Uh, There's a Google Doc that has all of them compiled. Uh, most of them are just like, my name is Alex, I'm 16, I go to Kamina High School, don't come to Edwards Island, it's not safe. <laughs> um, and it's just various reiterations on that theme. Okay. Um, so they found those. Um, I was told by, I think, Ren, that they also found a flash drive that had stuff on it that was only for the people who played the ARG, so no one has ever posted it on the internet. <laughs> That's very cool. A power uh, power to you all for not doing that. Good good work. Yeah, which I believe is true because I saw on the Twitter account that they found a flash drive. It was like I think it was like a cassette tape that turned out to be a flash drive. Huh. And then I don't think anyone ever posted what came of it, unless I'm wrong. Let me check the Twitter. <laughs> Ren, if we ever need, if we ever meet up, I need you to tell me what it all was. I'm very curious. Oh, it's so cool. I'm so glad that no one ever leaked, but I really want to know. Yeah, it's the perpetual um, struggle I deal with. Yeah, they found um, they found a couple of cassette tapes that said "For Alex," and then. It had, the cassette tape was a flash drive, and then, I don't, it looks like no one ever posted what it was, and the wiki doesn't say. Cool. Oh yeah, someone said, it's the Side Stories album, which is a, uh, like a variant of the soundtrack, and a file labeled for Argers only. (laughs) I consider myself an Arger. Someone hit me up. Uh, welcome to the Argonauts podcast. <laughs> and that was pretty much the ARG. Um, all of the objects got sent to the creator of the ARG Discord server, and I believe that she still has them, so oh, they, they're still around. That's super cool. Yeah. That's very cool. And no one will ever know what's in that mystery file, except for the people who were there. Except for me. Someone tell me what it was. Yeah, so if, if you guys know what it is, and you don't feel weird about... 
letting us know i'm super curious even if you do feel a little weird about letting us know you should let me know anyways (laughs) don't trust that instinct send us a postcard in the mail with binary on it telling us what it is yeah make us translate it then we'll be argers too (laughs) (laughs) that's so cool and yeah it looks like they've got um you've linked me some videos in here that's really cool we'll have those in the show notes of stuff that happened when they went to the island and stuff that's really cool yeah someone made like a video documentary of the whole arg which is very neat cool yeah it's gonna be a a short short arg yeah i know but it's a good one Hey, I'm Saker. And I'm Evan. And our podcast is It's All Been Done, a Bare Naked Ladies podcast. Hey, what's that podcast about, Ev? So, do you know of a band called Bare Naked Ladies? One week. Yeah, yeah, that's one of them. Okay, all right, cool. Yeah, I know yeah, of them. Did you ever want to learn more about them? Or... Absolutely not. <laughs> okay, well, then this is the podcast for you because we teach you nothing with various guests. Yeah, like uh, like Matt Besser. Holy we shit. Climbed in a second story window and partied in this house where we barely didn't know at all the people that was crazy holy fuck mike mitchell why well, I, I don't know how how like how much you guys really do love bare naked ladies justin mcelroy grab your tongue grab your tongue and i want you to say Our born tongue. on a pirate ship born on a pilot ship you were born on a pile of shit and many more so check it out but also if you don't like bare naked ladies we talk about them probably like a third of the time so uh, yes that's every Tuesday, wherever fine podcasts are sold. We can make a board game about it. Um, do we want to start rating it, I guess? It's weird to be yeah, rating something at 10 p.m., but here we are. I know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think about the, the, the story of this one, Marn? Um, well, there's not like much of a story, but I like that it kind of ties into the story of the game in kind of a, a cool way, and it brings the players into the um like lore and environment of the game yeah yeah i yeah i like um i really like it when an arg is um when it when it's being made for like a commercial property like a game or something i like it when you get into the that extra world details i like it when you kind of build stuff out and having it tie into the ghosts in that game and the ship is really neat yeah i agree Oxenfree is a good game, actually. Yeah, Oxenfree is a good game. Turns out the game based on the game is good, too. Who'd have thunk? <laughs> Go by After Party. <laughs> Night School Studios, please sponsor us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gunning for that Pepsi sponsorship, so they can sponsor us second. God. Have we reached out to Pepsi? Pepsi, please sponsor us. I feel like I drink enough Wild Cherry Pepsi that they should sponsor me. Anyways, we... how many how many uh, how many World War Two ghosts would you give uh, the story of this game? Um, maybe a solid five or six, just because there wasn't that much of a plot. Yeah, it's I, I'm kind of with a, a four or a five, just because you know it's it's neat what they did, but there's just not a lot to it. I I wish they would have added more stuff. They I think they did a good job of the like. They did a good job of tying it in, but they didn't do a good job yeah. of doing anything with it once it had been tied in, you know? Yeah, I would give it like a five, probably. Yeah, I just want a little meat on these bones. <laughs> All right, uh, how do you feel about the puzzles? I really like the puzzles in this game. I think that they 
did a lot of super interesting stuff. They had a really good baseline with like the Morse, um, even the kind of very basic code stuff on the Twitter had layers to it because they had the missing letters and the anagrams. And I think that it's a very neat ARG. They managed to do a cool variety of things, even though it's a very short one. So I would, yeah, I like it. <laughs> yeah, this one, it kind of reminds me of Binding of Isaac, just because it's it's a really neat, um, there's neat stuff going on with it, but there's just not, there's not that much to it. Like it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, it's three very good puzzles executed very well, but there's only so much you can do with that, you know? Yeah. That being said, I do like, um, it's very cool that they had to take the phone number that they called and then search it on Twitter to find a handle. I thought that was really neat. Um, yeah, that is super cool. I, I like, cause I, I, I I always think it's cool when you stumble onto something um, that has clearly been in the works for a while. Like that, that account probably wasn't created that day. You know, um, mm-hmm. it's it's very cool when you realize, like, oh, no one would have ever thought of a reason to find this for any other reason but because we've stumbled onto this in the game. And so that always adds a little bit of um, just a little bit of um, what's the word I'm looking for? Just uh, it, it makes it more concrete and adds like value to it that it's it's an actual existing thing when it's not like oh the day this game started these three Twitter accounts went live and blah 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 it's very cool to say like oh this thing was created you know two months ago and here we are now uh, we just found it today I like that a lot um, yeah I I feel like Twitter's really good for stuff like that because like as long as a Twitter account doesn't really have any followers or like post anything in like super popular hashtags like no one's gonna really know that it exists yeah and until they search for it you can do stuff like like you can make an account and keep it private and then just like unprivatize yeah. it when you're ready for the game to go live and it works out really well um i i think that's really cool i i, I that's the upside of twitter as an arg medium the downside <laughs> that we've covered in a couple other places is more for I don't know, on the back end, it's very tough for us to recreate a thing when everything's already there and laid out. Or delete yeah. it, because it's very easy to delete a tweet. Yes. Um, <laughs> but yeah, ultimately, these puzzles are really cool. I, I like these a lot. Yeah. I would give it like an 8 out of 10. Yeah, 8 out of 10 uh, batteries off the coast of Washington that we definitely know what they are. Yeah. Cool. uh and how would you judge the replayability um well i think it's really well documented but um there's a lot of stuff like the edwards island website and the box that was on the island that just like obviously doesn't (laughs) exist anymore yeah i'm gonna rate this really low until one of you shares with me what was inside of the secret stuff then i will bump (laughs) it up um so if you want the score to rise you know what to do I don't actually know if the phone number still exists. I didn't try calling it. Oh, should I do it now? But Oh, yeah, do it. Marn, what if there's a person on the other end? It. I mean, <laughs> that's just a risk you have to take. For the record, I hate this. <laughs> it's probably a Google Voice number, so I doubt... There's going to be anybody on the other end. 
what's this phone number? 916. 3733. Hello, please state your name after the tone. The Google Voice will try to connect you. Hi, uh, this is Andrew. I'm trying to get a hold of Alex. Is this the right number? <laughs> it heard me. Martin, I hate this. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Bed Bath and Bionicle. <laughs> Hi, is this Alex? It still works. Holy crap. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> 10 out of 10 creepy phone calls I've made. Perfect replayability. <laughs> Great game, everyone. Could you imagine if we just cut in an episode of Bed Bath & Biotic? <laughs> <laughs> I just smashed cut to Joe <laughs> sleepily waking up. Hello? <laughs> oh okay so cool the phone numbers are still active nice okay um yeah phone numbers are still active uh there's a lot of stuff here and the game's even more replayable when we have friend of the show and friend of the friend of the show uh to give us all of the you know the links to google docs and stuff like that um yeah all in all a pretty replayable game minus the 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 website being down um yeah and i guess the the and older messages are gone all the voicemails are gone unless you have a recording of them um yeah so maybe only like a five despite the hype i just had after calling that number and it being picked up right and i mean the trailhead technically still exists because it's just like stuff that you find in the oxen free game yeah go play actually actually if you if you go into oxen free and you find all of these, um, you find all of the call signs, and then you put them into alphabetical order and call them, you'll get a creepy voicemail that is Alex telling Alex not to come to the island. That's a closed circle. That's the best that's you can true. ask for in time travel. Yeah. Um, that's one of the things that I think is kind of, um, as we're getting deeper into ARGs, um, despite the fact that we can't. I don't know, saying, well, you can't play this game through from beginning to end, so it's bad. Like, I don't think that's a judgment we can necessarily make because of the ephemeral nature of ARGs. But yes. having that kind of closed thing where it used to be something bigger, but now it still exists in this smaller form. Um, I actually give a lot of credit to that. Uh, even if you didn't know about all the other stuff happening in the ARG, you could stumble onto this as a small Easter egg in the game. And I like that a lot. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so with that revelation in my head, I'm going to give this like a six or seven. Yeah, I would give it a seven. Yeah, this game's great. Play Oxenfree. Yeah, go play. That's my recommendation for the week is go play Oxenfree. <laughs> 
Um, no, speaking of, do we want to get into actual recommendations this week? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Uh, what is yours for this week, Mark? Uh, my recommendation for this week is that the only real media I have been consuming for the past, like, three days is the manga 20th Century Boys. <laughs> so I think that has to be my recommendation. It's really good. That's, um, that's by the same guy that did Billy Bad, isn't it? I can't, it I'm is. blanking on his name. Um, ha- I've have you read heard it? awesome stuff about it. Oh, you should read it. It's very good. Um, so the the story is about um this group of guys who were really close friends as children and um they get involved with this cult leader and his cult who are trying to destroy the world based on this like ridiculous plan like this ridiculous book of prophecies they came up with as children okay and so they had to they have to like figure out who it is and how he knows all of this stuff um about what they made up when they were kids and how to stop it and it's very good it is super long but i highly recommend it there's like 800 different plot arcs and they never introduce a character that like doesn't suddenly become relevant like 80 chapters later. <laughs> it's really good. That was um that was one of the things that I really liked about uh Billy Bat. People would come back in and out of the plot at really random times and the story eventually got into um not necessarily time jumping but like it would it would jump to no it would time jump actually now that i'm actually thinking about it um it would jump around a lot and introduce characters um seemingly randomly that would end up being a lot bigger than they were it was i i really like this creator what's their name i need to check out more of their stuff uh urasawa urasawa yeah i need to actually get into urasawa's work yeah, I need to actually read Billy Bat because I was like, oh, I'll read 20th Century Boys first, but it's like 260 chapters. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's real good, Marn. It is really good. But yeah, it does It does kind of the same thing where it will kind of randomly introduce a character that you're like, oh, this person isn't really relevant to the plot. Why am I learning about them? And then they just like directly intersect with the plot in ways that you wouldn't expect. <laughs> That's really cool. It's very good. What's your recommendation for the week? Cool. No, sorry. I, sorry. I, I wasn't sure if you were going to say add more to it. Um, no. I don't want to, like, spoil the plot of the manga. Because <laughs> I... <laughs> no. Well, because I wanted knowing, like, basically nothing about it and it, like, blew my mind because I was like, why is this 250 chapters? This seems like a really simple plot. And then, like, as I got closer to the middle, I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> cool. I will, I'll definitely have to check that out. Um, I've wanted to check out that guy's work for a while now. Um, cool. Um, my recommendation for this week is a... Um, it's on Netflix currently. It is a reality kind of competition show uh, that is called Blown Away. Um, have you heard of this, Morn? Yeah, I've been meaning to watch it because you're like the fifth person who's recommended it to me. Yeah, it is um, It is a competitive glassblowing show. Um, it's very cool. Uh, I 
I've mentioned it before on this podcast, but I'm fascinated by glass blowing as an art form. Uh, and it's very cool seeing um, a, a competition show built around it. Um, I really like competition shows like Chopped and other food shows. But my problem with all of them is that in the end, I don't get to actually eat, smell or taste the stuff that is being prepared. Um, with Blown Away, you get to see, you know, this art piece being created as these people are doing it um i really enjoy just watching these people put everything into making art for the show doing different challenges like uh you know hey design an art sculpture based on you know human movement or design one based on um food that you like or things like that um it's a very cool very smart show i it's not the best produced show i will say um there, there are some issues that I feel like a better budget and more time could do. Each episode's only 22 minutes, which is kind of... On one hand, it's nice to be able to just clip through them. But on the other hand, it means that you're trying to get through eight glass blowers trying to do a competition piece and do judgment in 22 minutes. And you lose a lot of it since it's an artistic, you know, time-consuming method to get through blowing glass. Um, but if you like glass blowing and you like competition, uh, it's a cool show to check out. I'm going to have to watch it soon because people keep recommending it to me. <laughs> it's really neat. Um, it's it's a, a cool competition that's just like off the beaten path. Um, you know, it's one thing to do like, oh, it's a, another cooking show. Uh, but to do something that's so wild as glass blowing and kind of affect that framework to it is really cool. Also, speaking of Chopped, before, like right before we recorded this, I was watching an episode of Chopped where every single dish they made had to be a pizza that could be cool or it could be terrible which is like it was like the chaotic evil version of chopped (laughs) no no no. have you seen the uh, that sounds like lawful evil there are rules to that episode have you seen the episode that was an april fool's episode maybe it is one of the like single most bitter episodes of television i've ever seen what is it? What did they have to make? Um, so, the so the ingredients they got were a they were off the wall because it's an episode of Chopped. But b um, some of them ended up being food disguised as other food. <gasps> I think I have seen that episode. So you'd get like they'd be like, "Great, uh, one of your ingredients is ice cream," and they'd like pull out you know a bowl of ice cream and lay it down, or you know vanilla ice cream and set it down. Turns out it's not vanilla ice cream. Turns out it's mashed potatoes. Oh my god. And if the person hadn't, like, dipped their finger in to taste it ahead of time, they were fucked when they got to, like, great, and then I'll reduce this ice cream to make a sauce out of it. And they overturned it into a pan with, like, aromatics and stuff, and it just, like, landed and sat because it's mashed potatoes. And you (laughs) just see them, like, what the fuck? Or, um, they were like, yeah, uh, peas and carrots, um, but it was actually fondant that was, um, (gasps) yeah, like... A, they tricked people with the like the ingredients not being the ingredients that they were, um, and B, they like. It's weird to say this, but they didn't pull any punches in judging. Um, mm, like they yeah. they didn't acknowledge the fact that it was a fucking novelty episode. So <laughs> they were just like, why does like one of the things? But they even had a couple silly ingredients. So like in the first round would be like here's a giant gummy snake or something like that and they'd be like this kind of tastes like it was made with a giant gummy snake and the, you can kind of tell the contestants are like 
yeah it was like i don't know what to tell you but it it was um but then you could also tell that the competitors did not know they were signing up for the april fools episode of the show and they weren't like they weren't told ahead of time that this was going to be a show that could have some weirdness to it so like you could tell them just like oh this is like it's one thing to sign up and go on the show and be like, great, I'm going to be on the April Fool's episode. We're going to get four wacky competitors and it'll be a good time. They were treated as if this was a normal episode at Chopped. Oh my god. Oh, that's so mean. It is one of the, like, it is what, it, it, if you want to see, like, there was one woman that was just not having it. Uh, she was out, like, the second round, but she was like, well, I don't know. I didn't sign up to come and play the joke round or something like that. <laughs> it's like, it's the most bitter episode of Chopped I've ever seen. It's incredible. Oh, after we record this, I'm going to go look it up. <laughs> <laughs> I was so excited. That's my recommendation. The worst episode of Chopped I've ever seen. Have you ever watched Iron Chef Japan? Iron Chef Japan? Uh, I think I saw an episode that popped on TV once. Yeah, they play it on Food Network sometimes at like one o'clock in the morning. Yep, it I've seen an episode. Rules. It's oh, it yeah. rules. It was wild. I couldn't understand most of it, but it was really cool. If you go on YouTube, you can find like English dub versions of most of the episodes, but like they take it so much more seriously as a game show than in America. Like, all of the Iron Chefs are color-coded by what food they cook. They have, like, special chef uniforms that are color-coded. Yeah, I remember it being, a like, a, a... Iron Chef America is a pretty standard food cooking program, right? Yeah. Yeah. I saw an episode. I couldn't tell what it was because I thought it was... I thought the logo said Iron Chef, but I was like, there's no way this is because it's a massive set with, like, all this crazy stuff happening around it and, like, people are loud and, like, playing to an audience and stuff like that. Um, but, yeah, it's... I've, I've seen an episode. I need to check out more. Oh, it rules. It's so good. I went to... Um... One of the cons that I went to a couple of years ago had a panel entirely about Iron Chef Japan, and it was so cool. <laughs> That's cool. I uh, have been... So I've been sitting on the couch playing Fire Emblem while Sam watches Bachelor in Paradise. Uh, yeah. Is the most that I will admit to myself. Um, and it is the worst show I've ever seen. And I actually kind of like it. Don't tell Sam I said that. This is your test to see if my fiance actually listens to my podcast. Um, <laughs> but it's wild to me watching this reality show about people that are. It fully feels like they are bought into this like love cult. Have you ever seen any of the Bachelor franchise? Yeah, I um some of my friends in college like senior year got really into watching The Bachelor and I watched a little bit of it with them, but I was not as into it. I like trashy reality TV show, but I don't like dating shows very much. I I I'm not a big fan. I just like watching one guy that's like the biggest idiot I've ever seen. And it turns out he's like a financial planner in his real life back before he joined the <laughs> cult, which is wild to me. Um, but like, it's a lot of people talking about like, I trust this process. And it's like, this process is that you go to fuck Island and you meet for like 12 <laughs> days 
and then you get married. Like this isn't a process. This is a, I don't know. It's it it like on one hand skeeves me out, and on the other hand fascinates me. Well, there's that other show that's on right now, the Are You the One that a bunch of my friends are into, where like the commentators like scientifically or like mathematically determine. Uh, the best pairs in the game and like the people playing the game have to guess who they're supposed to be paired up with huh that's that's wild it's yeah i haven't watched any of it but it's bonkers because like the people who are fans of the show will like draw up huge charts and like try and figure it out for themselves oh so the audience doesn't know yeah oh i was thinking that'd be like some dramatic irony element to it where it's like no you should be with christina no what do you do like but okay (laughs) interesting yeah i i do wish that there was a i i i want like the ironic cut of the bachelor like i want i want a cut of the bachelor that like have you ever seen terrace house um no, but I know... Well, I've seen a couple episodes. I know enough about Terrace House to know, like, the general structure, so I'm with you. Yeah, so, like, they've got, like, a panel, but, like, the panel's kind of, like... The panel on Terrace House is, like, into it, and they cheer these people on, right? Yeah. I want the, like... I want a panel of three people like me more than <laughs> more than a panel of three people like Sam, where, like, one of them says something, and we're like, what the fuck? Like, come on. Like, the other day, um, one of the guys goes on a date with a woman um named what was her name welcome to our bachelor podcast yeah welcome to bargainots um (laughs) but this guy um he went on a date with someone and on the date he asked her like so what is the epitomology of your name oh and i was like but he stumbled over it he was like what is the what's the uh the 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 epitomology of your name and i was like dear fucking god like oh my god <laughs> a like you just couldn't remember the actual words you stuck as many syllables in there as you could think of and then went with it um i just i i hate watching this show we're cutting this entire <laughs> segment i don't know um i'm i'm trying to sort through my feelings about it but i want i want the cut of the bachelor that has me um as like a panel of me's that see that scene and it cuts back to them and they're just like what the fuck john paul jones that's not a word (laughs) yeah the guy's name's john paul jones oh my god no that's totally fair i have a friend who like once a month we get together to like watch catfish the tv show and just like yell at it (laughs) oh my god see i I used to be like an edgy teenager who was like, I'm too much better than all of these popular things. And now I've started to like give into that and let that go and start to embrace things that like, I'm not smarter than the things around. Like, I I don't know, except that like, Hey, maybe you shouldn't be an asshole. Uh, That's something I've been trying to like teach myself in the past couple decades. Um, but I don't know. I'm watching The Bachelor now, and I'm like, what the fuck <laughs> happened to me? I used to be somebody. <laughs> I'm better than this, clearly, right? I can't actually <laughs> like this, right? 
See, I feel like The Bachelor just, like, isn't bonkers enough for me. Like, I just, I like watching those, like, really balls-to-the-wall reality shows where, like, everyone is a terrible person and they're all, like, trying to one-up each other and being, like, the most bonkers person on the show. You should watch Bachelor in Paradise. Oh, I probably should. I really like, I really like Vanderpump Rules, unfortunately. Oh, I can't, I can't bring myself to those. So... There's a weird shift that's happened on a couple of these reality shows. I know I used to watch a lot of, um, what's it actually called? I call it Top Dress. It's, um, Project Runway. Um, I used top to watch... Dress? It's, it's the, it's Top, yeah, I mean, it's, it's Top Chef, but with stitchers. Okay, um, that's fair. But I, I used to watch some of that with Sam, and there got, there's like a shift when, um, everyone involved stopped going onto the show to win the show and they started going on because they knew that going on the show would boost their ability as an influencer and like they realized that being a contestant was better marketing than actually winning the show and so you could see everyone trying to like be a character that people would follow on instagram so that they could like use that to turn it into like it just became an advertising arm of whatever they were doing rather than like the yeah, show they were that. trying to win. You know what I'm getting at? Yeah. I, yeah. I, I definitely could see that. And the bachelor from what Sam has said, cause she's watched so much more of this than I have, but it's undergone kind of the same thing where like at this point, everyone involved in the bachelor are just other people that have failed out of other bachelor seasons. And it's just this, like, weird Ouroboros that's eating its own tail that, like, being a contestant on The Bachelor is a career path for, like, 50 people. And so, like, Bachelor people influencers is, like, what the all of these people have become. So when you get a show like Bachelor in Paradise, it's basically the Avengers Endgame, except instead of strapping <laughs> up to beat Thanos, they're just going to fuck Island god that's wild it's it's a very weird like there was an entire scene in the episode we watched yesterday that was like just dudes talking to each other as they're all pumping iron on this beach because they know that they need to like keep in bachelor shape like it's a weird this weird tone and look to all of these people i i don't get it i'm probably gonna bounce before the end of the season because i don't want to (laughs) see the thing i don't want to see any of these people propose to each other that sounds like a tragedy to me i do want to see them date each other on this stupid fuck island it's kind of a nightmare conversely Alyssa and i really like carnival eats which is just a food network host goes to state fairs across the country and finds like the most ridiculous food and eats it on television he should go to evansville indiana and get the brain sandwiches i assure you he probably has i wouldn't doubt it my uh when i went to college our town had a big um a big fall festival every year that had uh just the wildest shit i um I ate uh, a bacon dipped in chocolate one year. They called that a muddy pig. Um, oh my god. I had a thing called the atomic fireball, which I thought was going to be spicy. Uh, it turns out it was or the, it, it's a, uh, the ato- <clears throat> an atomic meatball. 
which I thought was going to be spicy, but it turns out that by atomic, they just meant it was going to irradiate my core for about three to five days. <laughs> no. Uh, so yeah, Evansville, that's my real recommendation for this week. The Evansville Nut Club Fall Festival. <laughs> I think the last time I was at the Maryland State Fair, I had a fried burger cookie. And burger cookies are, like, a local to Maryland thing. But what it is is basically, like, a miniature vanilla scone dipped in fudge. So, like, imagine that, but deep fried. That sounds great. It was pretty good, actually. Sam is a big fan of something that grosses me out. Uh, Have you ever had a, a, a donut burger? No, but I have seen them. Yeah, you take a donut, you cut it in half, you fry it, and you put the burger patty in the middle between the two donut halves. It is the grossest thing I've ever seen a human being eat, and I sit and watch my fiancé do it every chance she gets. Oh my god. It's the grossest thing I've ever heard of. Yeah, Evansville Nut Club Fall Festival. It is in one month, one day, 11 hours, 17 minutes, and 26 (laughs) seconds. There's a live countdown on the site. Uh, feel free, listeners, to use this chance to triangulate when exactly I said that sentence. If you can figure it out, I'll send you a free sticker. <laughs> the Maryland State Fair just ended like a week ago, I think. I should go Alyssa's, to more fall festivals. Alyssa's mom is in the uh, the quilting guild, so they had a they had a thing at the state fair. That's cool. Yeah. We should probably end this episode. Uh, probably. We keep like recommend we keep coming up with new things to recommend because we ran short and we don't know what to do with ourselves. <laughs> I'm gonna go take a nap. I get to go to bed early tonight. I'm excited. Uh, it's not really a nap if you're going to bed for the night, is it? <laughs> Anything's a nap if you set your heart to it. It's eh, just a enough. really long nap. Uh <laughs> If you want to get a hold of us, uh, you can find us on Twitter at ArgonautsPod, uh, or you can find us separately. I am at AC Sherman Writes. I am at Corpse Revivers. Uh, you can also email us anytime. We are ArgonautsPodcast at gmail.com. Uh, feel free to send us any questions, comments, concerns, uh, cool videos you found online. Um, feel free to send us whatever you want. Um, we will be uh we try to get back to answers pretty quickly um yeah you can also find us uh if you want to support the show you can do so at our patreon uh that is p-u-h-t-r-a-y-i-n.com if you want to make my mistakes or you can go to patreon.com slash argonauts podcast uh or search for us and we should pop up pretty quickly um speaking of our patreon we are going to be doing a live uh patreon uh q and a um that is going to be when is that? Martin, is that next? Is that two Thursdays from now? The 19th? Is that right? Uh, is it... it is two Thursdays from now. It's the 19th. Yeah. On Thursday the 19th, we will be doing that Q&A session. Um, we put up a question bucket in our uh, our Patreon. Uh, they will get first dibs. We'll also probably do a tweet or something uh, or set up a second Google form for just general questions after that. And I'll probably yeah. look online for some fun, like... I don't know when people are like, here's some get to know you questions. Uh, (laughs) I'll probably find a list of those and we can ask us back and forth questions about each other. Um, But we'll have that live stream going up pretty soon. Um, 
You can find more information about that on Twitter. I'll be tweeting about that uh, probably before this episode airs, but after I'm done recording it here. Um, you can also support us on Redbubble. Uh, we have a Redbubble shop set up. You can get some merch there. Uh, we will have the link in our show notes. Yeah. Uh, do we want to say what we're doing for our next episode? Okay, cool. Um, for our next episode, we are going to be covering the ARG Everyman Hybrid. Uh, Martin knows more about that than I do. Uh, apparently, it's really cool. Uh, she will be sending yeah. out the trailhead to that one pretty soon. Yeah, it's a web series and an ARG that ran for like eight years, so it's definitely going to be a multi-part series, but I'm very excited about it. We are looking forward to it. I'm ready to be spooked. You should be. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, do we have anything else that we need to say? I don't think so i think that's all of it all right well in that case that's ours baby Bye.